What's up, world? Welcome to a new episode of the Brian Janu Show. As you know, I am Brian Janu, and like always, all podcast platforms everywhere. Brian Janu Show. Um, social media platforms: Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, uh, Threads. Brian Janu Show, and of course, like always, YouTube channel. Brian Janu Show. Shout out to all the new subscribers. Appreciate you guys for subscribing. Uh, appreciate it, man. Hope you guys enjoyed it because tonight this is I Bleed Sports. Um, crazy, crazy sports week. Uh, you know, going down. So, of course, you know I will be talking about football, both college and professional. Um, I got my crazy six uh, of college football. My skeptical game of the week, my most interesting game of the week, my upset game of the week, and of course, the game of the week. Of course, for the NFL, I got my big four of week eight, coming into week eight, and of course, the levels of warning of week eight for some, for three NFL teams. Um, but let's get into it. So, if you know, tonight is officially... Um, the start of the NBA season. Two games on tonight. One is the Denver Nuggets uh, raising the banners against the Los Angeles Lakers. The other one is the Portland, uh, no, the Phoenix Suns, I'm sorry. The Phoenix Suns taking on the newly, new Phoenix Suns, which that really doesn't mean anything right now because Bradley Bill is not playing tonight. Um, the new Phoenix Suns versus the Golden State Warriors. Um, of course, you know, if you don't know, uh, I believe sports uh, NBA edition of it. I did the episode Sunday. It's out right now on all podcast platforms. So go listen to it. So I'm not going to get too much into this, uh, but I will talk about these two games in depth. Um, like I said, I start with the first game of the night, which is going to be the Denver Nuggets versus the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, If you listen to this episode, the episode that's out uh, right now on all podcast platforms, YouTube channel, all that, you know that, uh, you know that uh, I said that Denver is going to make the Western Conference Finals, uh, and tonight starts that. I don't think Denver's going back to the NBA Finals. I think it's just going to be too hard for them to get to the NBA Finals. But I do think they can get to the Western Conference Finals. Um, this game is going to be pretty intriguing to see how they're going to match up against the Lakers. Uh, LeBron is entering his 21st NBA season. Uh, what is this now? The fourth year? Yeah, about the fourth year. Third, fourth year with uh, Anthony Davis um, and him as teammates. The Lakers had a pretty good offseason to compare to, you know, what everybody thinks. You know, Lakers had a pretty good, you know, offseason. Um, what do I think of these two teams? Well, clearly I said Denver is going to the Western Conference Finals. So I have high hopes for Denver. But for the Lakers, I don't. I don't have that many. I don't think the Lakers are going to be that great this year. I think people are overly reaching this season. I think you're putting a lot of stock into what the Lakers was last year, how they got to the playoffs, and pretty much the turnaround they had last year. They were pretty much dead in the water, and then they turned it around after a couple of trades and 
And I think that's what people are predicating this off of. And then they had a, a pretty good free agency and it was a good off season. But I think what people are not also putting in perspective is LeBron James is 39 fucking years old. At some point he's going to, before the end of this season, he's going to be 40. And I don't know if people really are understanding this, that the man has been more injured in the last couple of years than anything. I'm not saying the Lakers are going to be a bad team, but to sit here and say they're now like some NBA finals contenders, you're fucking crazy. I don't understand this logic that a 39-year-old fucking man that has to literally play 30 fucking minutes a night just to keep the team from getting blown the fuck out is going to magically make this team a championship contender. I know it's LeBron James, but let's get that stop that shit. At some point, he's going to hit a wall this season. It's not going to be tonight, but at some fucking point, he's going to hit a wall. His body's just going to give out on him at some point. I'm not saying that as, like, I'm hoping for that. I'm saying, like, dude, he's going to be 40 fucking years old at some point during the season. And people are literally sitting up here still telling me, well, the Lakers are going to be great this year. Why? I think Austin Reeves, who had an amazing rookie year last year, but let's be 100% honest about this. He's Tyler Hero without the jump shot. Like, this is exactly the same fucking shit Miami had with Tyler Hero. Now they're literally trying to trade Tyler Hero every fucking year because they're literally trying to move off of him because they gave him a contract that he was never supposed to fucking get. You had one year where he looked okay. And you're like, oh, he's, he's, he's going to be the franchise player. And now it's like, we probably should have moved off of his ass. What the fuck were we thinking? And listen, again, the massive if. If Anthony Davis is healthy, then yeah, the Lakers could probably be something. But I have more faith in him getting injured than him being 100% fucking healthy. So sorry. I don't think the Lakers are going to be great this fucking season. I think the Lakers are going to be okay. They make the playoffs. They don't have to play in a play-in. But to sit here and say they're going to the Western Conference Finals or even the NBA Finals, you're just fucking delusional. I just <laughs> – you're just fucking delusional now. I'm not saying LeBron is going to – he might have a Tom Brady year where he just turns back the hands of time. But for what the man has to physically do to win these games – I still feel like the Lakers are too dependent on having to have LeBron James be LeBron James. And I don't think Anthony Davis, despite what we saw last year, is truly ready to be that guy yet. Maybe I'm wrong, but more so than not, I'm probably fucking right. Denver, I expect to be great this year. I think Denver's going to be great. I don't see them as the number one seed or the second or the third seed. I do see them making the playoffs, but not, you know, like I said, Western Conference Finals. I just don't think they're going to win a championship. I think it's too hard. You literally have to now ask the question, is Michael Porter Jr. the third, fourth, or is he just a guy on a team now? And I don't think Aaron Gordon can actually physically be what he was in the playoffs 
for the entire fucking season. You still got the Joker. I think Jamal Murray takes off this season. I think he officially becomes the quintessential best player on the Nuggets because he can actually shoot, he scores, and he can actually play defense. And I think he takes off this season. Um, One thing about Denver, though, that I do think is going to hinder them is, like I said, them winning the championship, but also I think it really is going to be championship hangover for most of the season. They're going to be trying to just trying to get in this situation, trying to win. And I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to be the fourth seed. I think they make it to the Western Conference Finals. But I don't think they win it. I don't think they get to the NBA Finals. Now, later on in the night is, of course, the Warriors versus the Suns. I expect the Warriors to get to the NBA Finals. I think the Warriors are the one team that nobody's really talking about. I know Draymond Green isn't also playing tonight. Like I said with Bradley Bill, he's not playing. But Draymond Green is also not playing tonight. But I think that actually will show you who the Warriors are. Chris Paul is actually a way better step up than Jordan Poole. I don't think that Chris Paul is coming in to change anything. He's coming in to actually help and advance things. I think he actually helps John Ben Kaminga and all these other players that, you know, they kind of needed, you know, that veteran ball handling presence. If If you have not paid attention, every team Chris Paul has went to the first year he's been there, He's been the quintessential game changer. You don't believe me. When he got to New Orleans, he made us a great basketball team. So much so we were contenders in the Western Conference for years with him. David West, Tyson Chandler, Pedro Stoyakovic. We were contenders every damn year with that man. Then he gets traded. He makes the Clippers immediately NBA Finals pretenders, but... During that time, it was contenders. We didn't think Blake Griffin was that fucking great. We didn't think DeAndre Jordan was that fucking great. But he made them look like, oh, shit, this team could actually be something. You don't believe me? Okay. He gets traded again. This time, he goes to the Rockets and immediately gets James Harden to the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> like, like, immediately gets him there. Makes them immediately top-tier contenders, and actually people had this idea in their heads that they could actually beat the goddamn Golden State Warriors with Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. People were like, Chris Paul is that damn great. They could actually beat Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green. They can beat that team. And here's how crazy it is. They almost did it. If he doesn't pull his hamstring, they probably get to the NBA Finals that year, and they play the Cavs, and they probably beat the Cavs. Then he gets traded again. He goes to the Thunder. The Thunder, who are literally dead in the fucking water. Nobody believes the Thunder is good. Everybody's like, these motherfuckers going to be the number one pick in the draft that year. And ended up getting them into the fucking playoffs. Game seven against the Rockets in the bubble and almost beats them. And then he gets traded to Phoenix. And then the year he gets traded to Phoenix, he finally gets to the NBA Finals. He makes them a contender. He makes Devin Booker, who everybody knew, was one of the best players in the league. But now he actually shows up and shows out on it. What I'm saying is this. Chris Paul goes to every situation and makes it better. Now you're going to a Golden State team that's already champions, that already know how to win, and all you got to do is make John Ben Kaminga 
and all these other guys, you know, Moses Moody and all these other guys, actual stars actually show up and play. And people are literally sitting up here and not even talking about Golden State. Are you fucking kidding me? Come on. I, I don't. I think Golden State is going to the NBA Finals. With that bench, whenever Draymond Green gets back and healthy, great. But if this is the last run for Golden State, you cannot have asked for a better person to come in and help that bench get back to a solid situation. Because last year, that's what hurt the Warriors was the bench. They didn't have that bench that they usually would have, that depth on that bench. But now you add not just a player, a superstar, a all-star, one of the greatest point guards of all time. You add the point guard, Chris Paul, who has shown you over the years, it don't matter where the fuck I go, get me players that could do something, and I will make them contenders. You're coming off the bench with that when you still have Steph Curry. You still have Klay Thompson. You still have Andrew Wiggins. You got guys that start in the NBA Finals and won championships. And I'm supposed to sit up here and be surprised if the Warriors get to the NBA Finals? Okay. Their bench might be literally the the craziest team. And they still got Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and they're playing in the starting rotation. What the fuck is going on, man? I think Golden State's going to make it to the NBA Finals. Now, for the Suns, I don't. I don't think the signs are that great. Already starting off with Bradley Bill on the bench. He's injured. I think Devin Booker's going to have a great fucking year. But just like Anthony Davis and LeBron James, I expect Kevin Durant to get injured at some point. And that could make this whole team go fucking left. I like the Grayson Allen pickup, but if Grayson Allen is, what is Grayson Allen? Like, does he actually help the Suns or does he hurt the Suns? And you can say that about a lot of the players on the Suns situation. I like uh, Nurkic coming to this team. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic coming to this team. I think it's going to be a great, he's a great pickup. But a lot of the times in the playoffs when he was, you know, with Portland and they needed him to step up, he couldn't do what they needed him to do. And I think that is kind of what this is going to be for the for the Phoenix Suns. I think as good as Phoenix looks on paper, I've seen enough teams that look good on paper that come out and they get their ass routed in the playoffs. And it seems like that's kind of what I feel about Phoenix. They're good enough to get to the playoffs. They're going to be even good enough to maybe even get to the Western Conference Finals. But I don't think they beat the Warriors. I don't think they beat Denver. I don't think they beat Sacramento if they play Sacramento. I don't think they beat a lot of teams, even, even, and I can even say this, even, I don't think they could beat the Lakers, and that's a hard thing for me to say. I don't think they could beat the Lakers because I don't think they're disciplined enough to beat the Lakers. I think they're young enough, I think they got the players to do it, but I don't know if they beat the Lakers because you're going to need some Big bodies to stop Anthony Davis and all the guys they have with the Lakers. So, yeah, I don't know. But that is my take on those two games. I think the Suns-Warriors game is going to be great tonight. High scoring. I expect it to be crazy. I expect the Lakers in the Denver game to be a little bit more defensive, chess matchy. 
but that's about, you know, what I assume. So, yeah. Now, here's the thing. Baseball. <laughs> well, the World Series is almost here. Friday uh, is the first game of the World Series. Well, we know one thing, and that is that uh, the Texas Rangers are officially going to the playoffs, the AL, uh, you know, champions, the American League champions. Um, <sighs> they beat the Astros 11-4. As you know, I live here in Houston, and I've been to a couple of Astros games this season. And matter of fact, I've been to a Texas Rangers game against the Astros this season. And the game was tight. And then the Astros gave up like two grand slams back to back. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is this? The Astros were not great at home this season at all. And if you actually watched them in the playoffs this year, it showed. Um, they literally won one home game this entire postseason. That's not good. Like, that's not good. They got the number two seed in the AL because Texas was supposed to be that, and then they lost the division to them. But, you know, watching this series, I'm not surprised that, you know, the Rangers beat them. The Rangers are supposed to be, like I said, the two seed in the entire AL uh, conference, and they just somehow, some way, you know, they just somehow, some way lost late in the season. Literally, the last goddamn week, they lost the division to the Astros. But um, like I said, this series wasn't this series wasn't what you expect. Neither team won at home. <laughs> like, like, that is crazy to say. Neither team won at home. But like I said, the Astros, this all, this entire postseason, if you actually pay attention to the Astros, they started in the ALDS. They won one game at home, lost the second game, and then beat the Minnesota Twins twice in Minnesota. And then they get to this series, they lose two games at home, they lose all four games at home in the ALCS. And I'm not surprised by it. Like, I'm not surprised at all by it. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised by that. I think that at the end of the day, and I said this, I think, last week. I said I would not be surprised if the Texas Rangers beat the Astros. Because I said in the game seven, Bruce, Bruce Bochy or, you know, Dusty Baker, I'm going with the odds. I'm going with Bruce Bochy. Bruce Bochy, who's been in the league, what? Just been to three World Series? Like, he's coached three different caliber of San Francisco Giants teams to get to the World Series and win them in Game 7 scenarios? Yeah, I trust that the, the Bruce Bochy was going to outmanage uh, Dusty Baker. Also, when you also go into this game last night in the first inning, supposedly your ace 
gives up three runs in the first inning. Top of the first. You have still time to, to get him under control. You take him out the game, and now you're literally saying this is a bullpen game. You don't have the arms to get there. On top of that, something I heard in the first series that they played against the Minnesota, Timber, uh, the Minnesota Twins was they don't have any left-handed pitchers in as a reliever. So already you're in a position where you can't change up the pitching strategy. So you all you have is a bunch of right right-handed relievers. That doesn't help you. Especially if you're playing you're hitting going to get switch hitters or right-handed like it just doesn't a left-handed hitters like it doesn't help you. They didn't change anything. And I think this is the thing about this. If Dusty Baker is truly going to retire, which a lot of people are saying this is the last time, the Astros are going to have to now get a new manager, which is not surprising. But the one thing that is kind of a little bit surprising is the fact that they're going to have to figure out who can come in and help this team. Now, and make this team now, it's not hard to help the Astros. It's not hard. But what you need to understand is this. There's going to be a lot of decisions to be made going forward for the Astros. That pitching, for what it's worth, this, this, a lot of the time, a lot of this season, the Astros were hurt. A lot of players were hurt for the Astros. Um, when you had to trade and get Justin Verlander back, it's like, I don't know about that. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know about the Astros moving forward. They have to get a manager. I don't know who you go get. I really don't um, to really come in and help you. Um, for the Rangers that are now going to the World Series, it's the first time the Rangers have been in the World Series since the early 2010s. Um, and I remember those teams. You know, Adrian Beltran and Ian Kinsler and, you know what I'm saying, all those teams. They didn't have this type of manager in players like they did then. I think this Texas Rangers team is way more equipped to be in the World Series didn't know teams were. They got to the World Series two times and couldn't even win them. So, um, yeah, I don't think that I don't think that Texas Rangers team is compared to this one. Um, this Texas Rangers team, I expect to be very ready for whatever comes. Um, I can't wait to see what they're going to be in uh, come Friday. I don't know what 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 it's going to really be like. I know they got um, either way it goes, they're going to be playing at home to start off the World Series. So. I don't know if Max Scherzer is going to be on the mound or Montgomery uh, for the Texas Rangers. I think they're going to go with Montgomery. Um, but um, they will find out tonight, just like all of us. will find out who they will be playing Friday night in the World Series. Um, because tonight it is game seven of the NLCS, the National League Championship Series. And that is the Diamondbacks versus the Phillies. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought this would be a complete, utter sweep. I thought the Phillies would beat the living hell out of the Diamondbacks. But the Diamondbacks are way more resilient than I actually fucking knew and thought. Um, the Diamondbacks went home and won two out of the three games at home. And then they had to win that one game on the road. Now they have to win another game on the road. And I don't know if they can do it. I don't know if they're going to win tonight. But I will say this, the Diamondbacks are very resilient and they can actually do something. One thing about the Phillies that people are not talking about a lot 
is that the Phillies need to hit home runs. That's what the fuck they drive off of. That's what the fuck they do best. The fucking long ball. But when you can't hit home runs, it kind of makes you look obsolete. It kind of makes you feel like, okay, all you can do is hit the home run. That's it. You can't get singles, doubles, triples, nothing. You can't, you know, like you can't do anything else. And it kind of feels like that's what the Phillies run their whole entire offense off of. You have to hit home runs. And I don't think that – now, here's the thing. I think the Phillies being at home against the Diamondbacks tonight, I think the Phillies can win. But when Aaron Noel gets on the mound last night and gets absolutely drummed by the Diamondbacks, it kind of makes you think about what the fuck are the Phillies going to be when it's all said and done. And – I don't know who's going to win game seven. I'm going to be honest with you. I will say Philly. I think Philly wins. I'm going to be honest. I think Philly wins. But I also think that the Diamondbacks can also beat them. I have come to understand about, especially baseball, is that you never know what the fuck happens until the game happens. Because it takes one little thing to, you know, get them to win a series. I don't think people understand that. And... This game, is it going to be predicated on getting the hard runs or is it going to be predicated on just playing the game? It it goes to the hard run situation. Phillies win this by a mile. The moment it starts to kind of feel like this is going to be more of a pitching battle and a defensive struggle, making sure everybody gets the proper situations under control, this can go to the Diamondbacks, and they go to the Diamondbacks quick. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this is going to go. So this game is going to be pretty goddamn interesting. All right. Basketball is out the way. Baseball is out the way. Um, now, somebody that just, uh, somebody that subscribed to my YouTube channel, appreciate you, man. Um, he actually sent me uh, a comment, and he was like, well, I love this show, man, but um, are you going to talk about the UFC uh, hockey? And I was like, well, UFC hockey just started, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of hard to really get into the hockey stretch until maybe around, you know, just like every offseason, midseason of, the, of every league. It takes a minute to kind of, like, get into, you know, that. But, um... You know, I'm a huge hockey fan, too. I'm a huge, you know, I'm a Blackhawks and Penguins fan. I know it's, like, sacrilegious to be both, but I am. <laughs> um, I grew up, I was a huge uh, Penguins fan. Um, when the Kid got drafted, so Sidney Crosby has always been, like, one of my favorite hockey players. I love Alex Ovechkin, too, but the Kid's been, like, my favorite hockey player. Especially when they started winning Stanley Cups, it was just like, all right, this is this is different. Um, and a Blackhawks fan, I became a Blackhawks fan. Um, when yes, when Patrick Kane and all of them started to win in Chicago, it was just like, yeah, I became a Blackhawks fan. So I know it's, sac- it's sacrilegious to like be fans of both, but uh, 
those are my teams, man. I can't, I can't even knock it. Those are my teams. I can't wait to see what this rookie does, Connor. I know Connor is it just scored his first home game, home goal. Uh, you know, so you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does for the next couple of years. It's gonna be great to see him. Pittsburgh is always a contender, no matter what happens. They're always gonna be there. They're always gonna be contending. They're always gonna be some team. Um, so yeah, you know what I'm saying. When it comes to the UFC, I know they had a fight this weekend, but the problem with the UFC <laughs> is they have a fight every fucking weekend. You know what I'm saying? Like in when I was, you know, when UFC was at its peak, when UFC was at its like the like its peak. You had to watch those fights. You had to. And now Amanda Nunez is gone. Connor is kind of in and out. Like, nobody really, like, he's not really doing anything. John Jones, when he's not fucking up, he's still John Jones. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it takes a minute. As soon as Uzma lost his titles, he's, like, as soon as Uzma lost his title, he's kind of been like, and not, like he even lost Saturday, which I was like, "What the fuck? How you lose that? Like how you lose? He lost Saturday. Like I'm like, how? What the fuck is going on? This man had like an 18 fight winning streak a couple of fucking years ago. Now this man can't even buy a victory. Like this shit is crazy. After Lou, after uh, Lou Edwards kicked his fucking head off, he just he just went left. Like what the fuck? Um, yeah, the Leon Edwards Edmonds. Edwards kicked his fucking head. Like, he was just, that's been kind of non-existent. Like, what the fuck is this? Uh, I know Francis Nagakwe is about to fight Tyson Fury Saturday, which, okay. Like, Tyson, <laughs> Tyson took punches from Deontay Wilder. I'm not saying Francis Nagakwe ain't got no, like, power, because he, I've seen him punch people before. I've seen him punch fucking punching bags on YouTube and shit. I know this man got power. He's even being trained by Mike Tyson. Like, that is interesting as shit. Like, I don't understand because I literally saw when Tyson Fury was on Mike Tyson's uh, podcast and he was like, the reason why I was named Tyson is because of you. So, you know, it's kind of a little bit weird. I just, it's weird. But, you know, do you think? Um, do I think Francis Nagakwa is going to be Tyson? Fuck no. I think Tyson Fury is going to... Beat the shit out of Francis Ngakwe. Are we kidding ourselves? Like, I love Francis Ngakwe, but in the UFC, yeah, you're the fucking man. This is boxing, bro. Like, you are not, you don't have the feet. You might have the power, but you don't have the feet of Tyson Fury. You don't have the footwork of Tyson Fury. You don't have the ability like a Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury is one of the greatest boxers ever, and I'm confident to say that shit. Francis Ngakwe has power, and he can knock somebody the fuck out, but he ain't doing that to Tyson, I saw Tyson Fury take a punch from Deontay Wilder, twice, and fall, I've seen this nigga get knocked out by, knocked down by, by Deontay Wilder, who's actually a real boxer, sorry, I think he might let you land a punch, and it might hurt, and it might fuck him up, but I don't think he's, you gonna beat him, like that, that is, this is literally going to be like Floyd versus Conor McGregor. Like, the first couple of rounds, he's going to let you do your thing. And then after a while, I'm like, okay, I'm getting bored. And he's going to start whooping your ass. Like, okay, let's end this shit. And then he's going to beat your ass. Like, this is, this is, 
I can't believe I'm going to watch this Saturday because I am going to watch this Saturday because I will not miss this by no stretch of the imagination. But, you know, but, but this is starting to turn into like, like these kid boxers, like these, these fucking celebrity boxing matches that is now like a prominent thing. Like Logan and Jake Paul and KSI and shit, Tommy Fury. Like, I don't take you niggas as real boxers. You got in a boxing ring and train, but it ain't like you boxing real fucking boxers. You're boxing. Logan, I watched that fight, uh, was it Saturday? Uh, two Saturdays ago when they fought, Logan Paul and uh, Odoo. I watched that fight and I'm like, bruh, if this is a real boxing match, Logan Paul's stance is terrible. Like, he has no boxing stance. How the fuck is he getting... He, this is why he couldn't knock him out. Because he does not know how to have a boxing stance. He cannot throw the power. He can't sit there and just load up and throw the punches. Watch Canelo and Charlo fight. Then go look at their fight. It's like it's two fucking different things. Like, it's not even... It's like, this is professional. This is some shit that you should do in a backyard somewhere. Like, this is should be Kimbo Slice... <laughs> like, I mean, this is like, this is not even real. Like, what is this? Like, I'm like, people literally get excited about this shit. I'm like, bro, I'm looking at Logan Paul. I'm like, this motherfucker has no boxing stance. Like, this motherfucker is throwing him, but that's more so because he's just throwing all of it into it because that's the only way he's getting that power off. Because I'm like, I'm looking at, I'm like, this dude has no boxing stance. Like, what the fuck is that? His brother has somewhat of a boxing stance, but, like, even he doesn't have that much of a boxing stance. That's why Tommy Fury beat him. Like, and even he got his ass knocked around by KSI. Like, I was like, bro, what is this? (laughs) What's this? What is this? So, yeah, man, I I just, watching that shit, like, a couple weeks ago, I was like, man, this is disturbing to have people cheer this shit on and think this is real fucking boxing. Like, it's disturbing to watch this shit. Oh, my God. That shit was so stupid. It's just like, and and y'all love that shit. I don't know how that is even considered a sport. That's There's just some dudes getting there trying to solve issues. If that's the case, y'all should just have a street fight and put that shit on pay-per-view. At least with a street fight, I will feel more confident that somebody's going to get their ass whooped. Like, that shit was just embarrassing. So, yeah. Um, but when it comes to the UFC, man, there's no more big fights, and we don't know anybody. UFC is starting to go through this process where boxing was a couple years ago, where a, a decade ago, where a lot of the big names started to leave. And you don't have any big names that are making you feel like you have to watch it. As much as the UFC, and plus on top of that, the UFC is always there. So you don't have really that many big fights like it used to be. I know people will say, say, man, they still got big fights. What the fuck you talking about? But how many names are transitioning into the mainstream? How many? Like Conor was a transition name. You know, Ronda Rousey was a transition name. There's none of these names anymore that make you feel like you got to go run and watch UFC like it was when John Jones was the man. There's none of that anymore. And you don't have any champions that you care about like that. And I think that is the biggest thing. So, you know, 
that's why I look at it and I and I and I and I and I kind of look at this a little differently, a little side at it because just like I don't think that I don't think the UFC has that clear cut number one guy anymore, a number one girl anymore. You don't have anyone that we're like super like we gotta go watch it. That's that's we don't have it. So that's kind of why I don't get too you know, to investing in the UFC like I used to. But I might bring it back. I might do, like, a top 10 list of all my favorite UFC fights. So that's where I'm kind of going with that. <sighs> so thank you to the guy that sent that. I appreciate that. You know. Um, now let's get into it. Football. College football. Let's start with college first. Let me start with college first. One team in particular. And that is, well, not one team, at least one quarterback in particular. And that is Caleb Williams. Listen, I've been saying this for a while. USC is... Gonna only gonna go as far as Caleb Williams goes. I've been saying that for a while. It's like every goddamn team. And when you have a quarterback that is so the team centric, that's kind of what it is. USC has never been a great offense. USC is not a great defensive team. Look at Lincoln Raleigh has never been a great defensive finding head coach that can find a great defensive staff. Like he's never been that guy. You can track it all the way back to Oklahoma. Oklahoma will always win games, but never – You when they got to the college championship playoffs, you knew they couldn't win. You know, when they got to the college championship playoffs, like, you knew they couldn't beat Georgia or Alabama. You knew they, they couldn't beat LSU. They couldn't beat those teams because they had the quarterback. They just didn't have the fucking team. They didn't have the defense. And I don't care how many times you win a Heisman with these quarterbacks – your team is going to be a 10-win team but lose two or three games. That's just what I expect. And that's exactly what it's been like. But for people that's still going to sit up here and tell me, Caleb Williams is the number one overall pick in this upcoming draft, I don't believe you anymore. Caleb Williams, to me, is like the fifth. Yeah. He's like my fifth. Nah, give him fourth. I give him fourth. I keep I keep him in the top. You know, he's four. Um, I don't think Caleb Williams is the number one overall pick. I said this a lot last year when it came to Bryce Young. I'm watching him when he doesn't have these guys. So when he does finally get the chance to come to the NFL and he has to now have a franchise that is technically not built like this because UFC offensively isn't bad but it's not also great either it's not like a top tier great offense it's predicated on Caleb Williams that's what the fuck is predicated on if Caleb Williams is not good then that team is going to shit the bed and that's kind of how I look at this offense and everybody that's sitting up here telling me Caleb Williams is like and I get tired of this shit Caleb Williams is going to be Patrick Mahomes Forgetting that Patrick fucking Mahomes 
went to the Kansas City Chiefs. The year that he got drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs, they literally traded up 16 fucking spots to get Patrick fucking Mahomes. We forget that because we don't talk about it. These motherfuckers traded up like 16, 15 spots to get this fucking dude. Kansas City was all, they already had Tariq Hill. They already had Travis Kelsey. They had a way better defense than they have now. They had Kareem Hunt, who was literally the all-purpose yards running back at that time. We act like Kansas City was a terrible fucking team. They already had Andy Reid. Yo, they got to the fucking AFC Championship game with Alex Smith, bro. And we act like, man, when they got Patrick Holmes, this Kansas City team, boy, I'm telling you, they were, they were top tier. No, motherfucker, they already been there. They were already good. What the fuck are we talking about? Matter of fact, the year he got to the goddamn team, they still got to the air. This is how crazy this shit is. The year Patrick Mahomes was a rookie, they went to New England when New England won the championship and beat the shit out the Patriots. We forget that. Like, they didn't go to Foxborough and absolutely destroy the Patriots that year. They were so good. We had to ask ourselves, can Kansas City beat the fucking Patriots? Like, can they go into the AFC Championship game and beat the Patriots? That is why I think people are delusional as shit when they sit up here and try to tell me Caleb Williams is like Patrick Mahomes. No, Caleb Williams is like Justin Herbert. He's like Josh Allen. He's not going to a Kansas City. The best thing he can do is hope and pray. He ends up with the Raiders. He ends up with some team that already, the Saints or somebody, like he already has a team that's predicate, that's ready to win. They just need the quarterback. Because if he goes to Chicago or he goes to, you know, some franchise that isn't already got an offensive coordinator, mind head coach, uh, already the play, play calls, like they already got the receivers and all that, maybe Chicago, but even that, you got to build an offensive line. Even with that, you got to build an offensive line. You got to get him a running game. You got to get him another weapon outside of DJ Moore. That's a lot of shit you got to do to get that team where it needs to be for him to go to Chicago and automatically have success. This is why I felt like with Bryce Young. Bryce Young was too small. He wasn't as athletic as Keller Williams kind of is. But you're forcing this kid to do too much. He's not that guy. And I feel like that with Keller Williams. Keller Williams cannot go to a franchise and immediately make it the fucking best franchise in the league. That is not going to happen. What I think Keller Williams is, is Keller Williams is a good quarterback. I think he's going to be a special quarterback if you put him in the right situation with the right system. But the problem with that is, I don't think he's going to the right quarterback system in the right situation. You're, and that is why he's small as shit. He's small. And you're going to put him in an offensive line. You're going to put him with an offensive line that don't know how to protect. That's a, that's a, that's a dangerous situation, man. Keller Williams, to me, is the fourth, maybe fifth best quarterback coming out of the college football season, coming out of college this upcoming season. I know people already have put it in their heads because he had a great freshman year, forgetting the fact that he also lost three fucking games last year. Fuck the Heisman. I don't care about you winning a Heisman. Let's look at what the fuck. When the game matters, nigga, can you win us these games? You lost to Utah. You absolutely got destroyed by Utah last year in that college in that Pac-12 championship game. That shit didn't make any sense. 
then the other two games, you just didn't show the fuck up. Like, you just didn't have to have the game that everybody thought you would have. And I'm supposed to sit up here and say, but look at him. He could still go and he's going to beat it. No, he's not. And you're probably thinking, I think he's better than Drake May. I think he's better than Drake May. But if you ask me who I think J.D. Jaden McDaniels from LSU is better than him, I think uh, Michael Penix Jr. from Washington is better than him. I think Jordan Travis from Florida State is better than him. But people won't say that because it sounds blasphemy to say that shit. So I say it for you. Caleb Williams, is if he gets drafted number one overall, he goes to Chicago, Arizona, somewhere where they have to literally make it all. Like they have to literally buy a team for him. Offensive line, weapons, everything. If they have to put him in a situation for his rookie year where he has nothing around him, he's going to show you that he is not that guy. It happens. It fucking happens. I know people that's going to get mad at that, but can we stop lying to ourselves and acting like Caleb Williams is some changing quarterback, like he's going to change your franchise quarterback? Because let's be real. He's not. Everything has to be right for him. And just because, and I need y'all to understand something. I said this last year. I had Bryce Young going like 16th to the Washington Commanders last year. And my brother Juan looked at me like I was crazy when I said that. I said, Bryce Young is not the best quarterback in his draft. I saw him when he had nothing around him, and he couldn't do it. And now we're looking at him in Carolina. What are they, 0-6? And they got the number one pick in the draft? Well, it's going to be Caleb Williams, which everybody's saying. I'm looking at J.D. McDaniels in LSU every fucking week, and every fucking week this dude is finding ways to win games. He's the only reason why I think LSU can beat Alabama next week. That is it. I don't think that defense is great. I don't think if our receivers catch the ball, I think he's the only reason why we're going to beat Alabama next year, next week. That is the only reason. And 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 people are gonna sit up and lie and say, "Well, Caleb Williams can go out there and do." No, the fuck he can't. Stop lying to us. Stop that. Don't lie. No, he can't. And I'm gonna and, and y'all gonna say he should be the number one overall pick. Why? Because he won a Heisman his freshman fucking year. I don't care if you won a Heisman when you were like a soft freshman sophomore. I don't give a fuck. Can you go do that? And when it matters most, you can't beat Pac-12 teams. How the fuck are you gonna beat NFL teams? <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. You can't even beat Pac-12 teams. How the fuck are you gonna beat the NFL? Get the fuck out of here. I don't. Uh. It is what it is. Anyway. <laughs> Welcome to the Crazy Six because I got to do it. So last week, if I remember, I started this called the Crazy Six uh, because college football is taking too goddamn long with their top six. So I was like, fuck all that. I ain't got time for that. So I'm doing mine. So last week I had, I'm trying to remember this. I think I had Michigan one. Ohio State 2, I think I had Washington 3, yeah, Washington 3, Oklahoma 4, Georgia, no, Florida State 5, and Georgia 6, see, I can remember, see, I remember some shit, um, so this week, 
I made some changes to that. <laughs> clearly. Um, made some changes to that. Clearly. Um except for the first two. The first two are still the same. Number one is Michigan. Uh Michigan last week played Mississippi Michigan State and absolutely routed them. I remember when that rivalry used to be a rivalry. But it, it it was a time when I was a kid where Michigan State would just route Michigan. And now it's like Michigan is just absolutely – people forget like the year, uh, I think, when Michigan first really started to turn a corner and become a good team. And then they had that botched punt. And nigga took that bitch back and ran into the end zone. Oh, I was sick that day. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. But Michigan now is just – Dominating, just absolutely killing Michigan, uh, Michigan State. Uh, I know Michigan State's got a lot of turmoil with what's going on in their program, but Michigan right now is just on a different level. Um, they're on a bye this week. I think the next week after that, I think they play Penn State, I think. Uh, but they got a bye this upcoming week, so they don't play anybody this week. But they're my number one team. Like I said, just like last week, my number two team is Ohio State now. I thought Penn State would give Ohio State a game, which they did. But um, all in all, Ohio State still outplayed Penn State. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr., who's pretty much going to probably be, if not the second, maybe third overall fucking pick. Not like, like third overall pick, like in the draft, depending on who ends up where. Um, but yeah, man, um. Ohio State beat Penn State uh, in Ohio State last week, 20 to uh, twenty to 12. Um, defensive game, Marvin Harrison Jr. did his thing. Um, I still don't believe in Mich- Ohio State, man. I think when they go to the big house, because they got to play Michigan and Ohio State. So I want to see how that game is going to look. Um, I think Michigan is just too, too good, and I think they, they can actually beat Ohio State again. I just don't trust Ryan Day in those types of games. I think he's 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 just not ready for that. Uh, but all in all, man, Ohio State is seven and zero, and they play Wisconsin, Wisconsin uh, this upcoming week. I think they play them in Wisconsin, if I'm not mistaken. But it doesn't matter where they play them because as good as Wisconsin defense is, they have no offense, and it's gonna be a classic Big Ten game. Well, Ohio State just has the weapons that will push them over the top. Well, Wisconsin just doesn't. Um, now, this is where it changes. So last week, like I said, I had Washington at three. Well, they're not third this week. Very scary game. I'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. But my number three team is Florida State, who jumps from the five spot to the three spot. Um, they beat Duke last, Duke last Saturday night. Uh, they moved to an impressive seven and zero. Um, I think it's a cakewalk right now for the a- ACC championship game. I don't think with Miami losing their quarterback and North Carolina finally losing to Virginia, I don't think anybody really scares Florida State. I really feel like if Riley Leonard was maybe healthy, then yeah, maybe Florida State probably loses to Duke. But since he wasn't healthy, Florida State capitalized on that. Um. I think Florida State, as much as Florida State, um, as good as Florida State is, I still don't think that they're 
I still think they got a lot of flaws, but I don't think they're going to show up anytime soon because they're not playing top competition. They play Wake Forest this upcoming week. I think Florida State beats Wake Forest kind of obviously. I don't think Wake Forest has a chance. But I do think that Florida State can be a product, a victim of their own product, is which is, you know, pretty much trying to not put Jordan Travis in too many crazy situations and make their defense win. Sometimes against certain games, certain teams, especially in the ACC, where these these kind of teams that we don't really talk about that much, like the Wake Forests and the Purdue's and shit like that, uh, and they well, Purdue's in big time. Sorry, but Wake Forest and Louisville, who gave them a game earlier this season, and Virginia last week beat North Carolina, or even a Virginia Tech, like those teams that we really don't talk about anymore in the ACC, they can always pop up and beat you. And you'll be like, what the, what the fuck happened? So Florida State, I think, can be a product of their own success. Could create their own failure. I think if they go into this game and think, oh, we're just going to beat them. You can find yourself in that, in that same game you had against Louisville, where a lot of that game was predicated on just not trying. Or Clemson. A lot of that game could be just predicated on just trying to out. If you come in with this cocky demeanor that you're going to just beat this team, you can lose. It's pretty much what I'm saying. Coming in at number four is the Washington Huskies. Um, yeah. Um, Washington drops from three to four to me. Uh, like I said, scary game. Play Arizona State. Uh, play Arizona State uh, last week. 15-7. I don't think that's really a reprimandum on what Washington is. I think they kind of came in maybe a little bit overconfident. And it showed. Uh, Washington uh, playing Stanford, who I think they played last week. I can't remember if Stanford played last week, uh, the week before. But a week before, they played Colorado and uh, beat Colorado, came back and beat Colorado. So, um I think Washington is still one of the best football teams in college football. Michael Penix, the receiving, I think, with Michael Penix, that offense is still one of the best. That defense is still one of the best defenses in college football, which people don't talk about. But that Washington defense is something to behold. Um, And they play Stanford. Like I said, Stanford is not a great football team by no stretch of the imagination. But I I do see Washington getting back to their air raid against Stanford, stretching them out and doing damage because now they're hearing people say, well, maybe Washington isn't that damn good. Don't get them coming off of an Oregon game where they pretty much put all their chips in the basket against and think now that's what Washington is because they played Arizona and almost lost. Don't get that shit twisted. Washington is going to dominate Stanford in this game. I actually think it's going to be like a 56 to three domination like it's it's going to be fucking bad by the time we look up and by the time it gets to the second half it's going to be like bro like just take everybody out the fucking game what are we doing like, like why are you doing this um so yeah coming in at number five they were my sixth team last week but now they're my fifth team this week and that is the georgia bulldogs coming in after a bye they didn't play anybody last week because they have their massive game this upcoming week against Florida, you know, the massive Florida-Georgia game always in uh, uh, Jacksonville. Um, 
I got Georgia coming in at number five. They're seven and zero. Oh. Um, I'm really waiting to see what Georgia's going to look like without their best offensive weapon. Um, and um, I don't know how Georgia's offense is going to look. This is going to be pretty damn interesting to see how really how does Georgia physically look without their number one offensive weapon. I don't know how the quarterback's going to react. I don't really know Georgia's receivers like that because they are so tight end running back centric that they really don't have, you know what I'm saying, like a true number one receiver. So it's going to be pretty interesting. I think this game is going to be more so a telltale sign of just their defense winning this game. But I don't know what Georgia's defense also looks like like this because now they're going to have to win this game. Because I don't know their offense. They got a, a, a quarterback that couldn't afford to not have his number one weapon out for six fucking weeks. Like, he could not afford that. And now you're playing against a Florida team. You got a couple more games against Old Miss coming up. And you got some games against some teams that, you know, I think they still have to play. Uh, no, they play Tennessee. They play in Kentucky. So they got some games. I think they still got to play Missouri, which that can be a catch a catch em game because I think they play them in Missouri. So that could happen. So, yeah, I think Georgia versus Florida is going to be a intriguing game. Matter of fact, stay tuned for that because that's actually one of the games I want to talk about going to depth with. But, and also um, a crazy six in the last game, last team in my crazy six that I have is – the Utah uh, is Utah. Um, they are six and one coming in against Oregon this week. Now, a lot of people probably say, "Why you don't have Oregon in your six, But Utah is. For what Utah has accomplished this season without their actual quarterback to be six and one this season is fucking impressive. Utah is one of the best defensive teams in the Pac-12, which is not that surprising. But also, like I said, to have no Cameron rising for all of this season and now the head coach literally says he's not playing this year at all. And Utah is literally the 13th team in the in the college football, which I can actually technically see them beating Oregon and going into the game against Washington or going into the Pac-12 championship game against Washington this year. And that would be a classic game. And actually, Utah could actually beat Washington and get to the college playoffs. I would not be surprised. So I think as much as we sit here and think about it, Utah is one of the best teams in college football. Like I said, to have your starting quarterback not even be healthy for most for the entire year. He's not even been there. And it's still well off six, six wins. And you still have a chance to possibly get into the college playoffs. That's pretty damn impressive. And you also just beat USC. Man, I'm looking forward to seeing what this team is going to really be like. But uh, that is my crazy six. Michigan is one. Ohio State is two. Florida State is three. Washington is four. Georgia is five. And Utah is six. Now let's get into these college football games of week nine. Now, my skeptical game of the week is the Oklahoma Sooners versus the Kansas Jayhawks. Now, Oklahoma last week almost lost to UCF, which shit happens. <laughs> like, shit happens. Um, why is it my skeptical game of the week? Well, before Kansas lost that quarterback, 
Kansas is a really good fucking team. Um, and I think uh, as good as Oklahoma has been, um, same thing with the with the with the allure of what I just said about um, Washington. You go into the next week or the week after that, and you play a team, and you try to, you know, outplay them. But maybe you kind of had all your eggs in one basket. I mean, Oklahoma played what Texas the week before and beat them. So you could have all your eggs in one basket, and you kind of be like, well, you know what I'm saying? Like, we just need to win this game. We'll worry about the net, the rest later. So I could definitely see how Oklahoma goes into the UCF game, kind of not really that focused or not that real motivated, and they have a game like that. Same thing with Washington. You beat Oregon the week prior, and you go into this game against Arizona State, and you're like, who gives a fuck about Arizona State? But I think Oklahoma going to Kansas is always a tricky game for Oklahoma. Kansas is always one of those teams that, like I said earlier in the season, was great. They're still good, but they're not as great as they were. I think Kansas could still catch Oklahoma. They can catch Oklahoma slipping. I don't think they will, but I think it's a skeptical game because I would not be surprised if Kansas wins this game. I wouldn't. Um, my most interesting game of the week. I just talked about it, and I'll talk about it again. Is the Georgia Bulldogs versus the Florida Gators. I think those two teams are... This is always an interesting game. I mean, when I was a kid, and Florida used to beat the shit out of Georgia, and then Georgia flipped the script on them and started beating them. This is always an interesting game. You don't know who wins. For the most part, Florida Florida this season has struggled. They have struggled in a lot of games. One game in particular was the Tennessee game. They had a chance to win it, and then they just lost it late, and it was just never there. The Kentucky game, they got absolutely ran out the building in. But this is the game where you're going to be the most hyped for. You didn't play last week. You had a bye. You know Georgia doesn't have the number one weapon. How do you really attack Georgia in this game? And Georgia has not been great this fucking season, even with uh, Brock, uh, Brock Brown's. So now that you have him not even in the game, you don't really even have to plan for, plan for him if you're Florida. And you have uh, Washington, who's in the NFL now. So there's no real solid backup tight end for you to worry about. How do you attack this game if you're Florida? And that is kind of why I look into this. Can they achieve what so many teams have been looking to achieve? And that is beat Georgia. Yes, Georgia's at its weakest. But this is the best time to get these sons of bitches. So that is why it's my most int- interesting game because I'm not saying Florida is great and Florida's going to do amazing things, but Florida could kind of catch Georgia this week. And if they do, I would not be surprised if they beat them. My upset game of the week is BYU versus Texas. Texas is the 17th in the league in the polls. BYU has been pretty good this season. They've lost two games where, eh, for the most part, you could have just, like, not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But Texas is now playing without their star quarterback. Uh, Quinn, is, Quinn is not going to be playing um, 
this week, and I think he's out for like a couple of weeks, actually. Um, and they have their backup uh, quarterback in, and I saw him last week play a little bit, but <clears throat> I think BYU could get Texas. I saw Houston almost get Texas, and BYU is a better team than Houston. Um, I don't know what the game plan is going to be for Texas coming into this game. That's probably why I feel like it's going to be an upset because I don't think uh, what Texas now having to switch their entire offense around to fit this new quarterback is going to be pretty interesting to see. Like I said, BYU is always a tricky team because they can always pull up another pull off upset. And I think they do it this week. I think BYU does it this week. I think they beat Texas. Yes, it's even in Texas, but I still got uh, Bremen, Bremen Young uh, University to knock off Texas. So, yeah. And my game of the week is Oregon versus Utah. I like Oregon a lot. Somewhat. I'm not going to lie. Um, why am I lying? They're, they're decent. They can play. They can do some things. Um, but I think, like I said, when I talked about Utah for my, my crazy six, Utah's a team that nobody talks about, man. This is a fighting football team. They play hard every fucking week for a head coach. That again has no that his number one quarterback, his guy, Cameron Rising, from the beginning of the season, he hasn't had him. And for some apparent reason, he's found a way to win six fucking games. I like Oregon, but not that fucking much. I like I said, Bo Nix will eventually have that one game where he lets down the team. He hasn't had it yet, but this week it could be this game. I do not think Oregon is the best Pac-12 team. I always thought they were the third best team in the Pac-12 behind Washington and Utah. So I'm not surprised that Oregon lost to Washington, and they're going to probably lose to Utah. I think Utah is good. But I would not be surprised if Oregon also wins this game because eventually your backup for Utah will have to show up in certain moments that your starter would always show up in. And I don't know. If Utah's quarterback. I know he lost already. But I take it to consideration of what last week was, particularly him having to be on the road against the UFC Trojans, and he actually led them down the field to get the game winning field goal. So it could happen. I mean, he's been now in more tight spots than Oregon's been in more tight more than Oregon's been in tight spots. So I would not be surprised if they somehow some way find a way to win this game. So Utah Oregon is game of the week, clearly. And it kind of feels like whoever wins this game is pretty much uh, pretty much just falling into who's going to play Washington in the Pac-12 championship game. That's pretty much what it feels like. Um, and I can't wait to see that. Now, let's get into it. Now, the big, the big boys, the NFL, the NFL. Um, I said this early on, my Instagram is on, like I said, Brian Janu Show. I posted this, I kind of put in my stories, and I also posted it on social media on my Instagram page. It's getting to the point in the season now where you can flex these fucking games out. I don't want to see any of these games. Sunday night, we got literally the Bears and the Chargers. Who the fuck wants to watch that game? 
Especially if Justin Fields not playing. I don't want to watch that. I don't. I'm, I'm good on it. I'm. I'm okay. I'm good. This is cool if it's week two, week three. We can't complain. But when you got a game like Cincinnati and San Francisco right there, also late that day, why not just tell them, hey man, warm up three hours later? Like, like, why do we have to watch this bullshit game? I don't. Oh, I'm so not ready for this game. I don't want to see it. Anyway, um. Speaking of the 49ers, the 49ers lost last night. Now, I, don't, I know I got a smile on my face because I want to smile because I have been saying since last fucking year, since the season started, that people keep screaming Brock Purdy is some great fucking quarterback. And I'm like, he's a product of the fucking environment he is in. That is it. He's a system quarterback. Can we stop acting like He's some great fucking quarterback. He's a product of the system he is in. That is all. Just like Jimmy Garoppolo. Just like they tried to make Trey Lance. Just like they have made other quarterbacks. I saw Nick Mullins do good in his offense. I don't give a shit that Brock Purdy can move the ball. Can he win you the game? And this is why I kept saying the 49ers, no matter what I felt, I, I don't give a fuck how people felt. I kept saying the 49ers are going to run up against a team that just has the quarterback and they have the defense and they have the ability to beat you because your quarterback can't make those throws when he needs to. Now, all day, this all day has been, let's try to not say Brock Purdy was the reason for them losing last night. Yes, Kirk Cousins went all through for 300-something yards. But here's the thing about the San Francisco 49ers. This is why I've always said San Francisco wasn't that great to me. And I kept saying, even when I had them in front of the Eagles, in front of all these other teams, I said, if I was to put them on the field against one of these teams, I still would trust that other team to beat them. Because the 49ers are just not that great. They're now on a two-game losing streak, and people are trying to figure out what the fuck happened. Last week, it was, well, Brock Purdy drove them down the field, and their rookie kicker just missed the field goal. Okay, and this week, he had two drives. The last two drives the 49ers had the football, he threw two picks. He threw two picks. And I heard all day that, well, they didn't have Debo Samuel. That ain't the only reason. He also didn't have Trenton Williams, and that's the main reason. I felt like this when it was a preseason and I saw the Raiders dominate the 49ers offensive line. I said, if Trent Williams go down at any fucking time, this team is going to fucking struggle. Holy shit, look at that. They are struggling. As good as the 49ers are, they're not that fucking great. They're still a product of what the fuck Kyle Shanahan puts out there. You, this is why you drafted Trey Lance, because you wanted something just in case the game went left. You needed someone to, to throttle it up and push the team over the threshold. Brock Purdy is not it. Brock Purdy is the last pick of the draft. He was never going to be that guy. I see people now trying to make excuses. Is this a speed bump, or is it just until you, have no, until you get Trent Williams and Debo Samuel back, the 49ers are going to struggle. Point blank, period. They're going to struggle. That defense is what I've been saying. The defense of the, of the, the defense of the 49ers is literally 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense of the last couple of years with Tom Brady. That front seven is amazing. But if you could get past that front seven, that secondary is fucking awful. They cannot stop anyone. If you don't believe me, they let a rookie in Jordan Addison have damn near 200 yards receiving last night. You now play the Cincinnati Bengals this week with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, who should be healthy enough to play in Tyler Boyd. And I'm supposed to sit up here and think the 40 fucking Niners are going to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Coming off of a bye week, by the way. Yeah, good luck. Good fucking luck. Um, anyway, my big four of this week. Ah, here we go. All right, coming in at number one this week is the Baltimore Ravens. Um, they are five and two after dominating the Detroit Lions, absolutely beating them to shit, beating their ass good. Um, 38 to six. Um, the Ravens are five and two. Lamar Jackson played like an MVP caliber quarterback. And to be honest with you, right now, he is my MVP of the NFL. Um, the man is doing it all. He's running, he's throwing, um, he's having the best um season statistically right now. Then and, and nobody's really we're talking about it, but nobody's really talking about the Ravens. Take out the Pittsburgh game where the receivers just literally dropped fucking touchdowns. This was the best offense I've ever fucking seen. This is scary. It's one thing to have, you know, it's one thing to have Zay Flowers, who we thought would be good and we thought would be explosive as a rookie. But if Odell Beckham is healthy and he's moving like he's moving and Rashad Bateman is catching fucking passes and you still got Malik, uh, Mark Andrews out there doing what he does, then my fucking God, this is different, man. It doesn't matter who the running back is because at the end of the day, the running game is Lamar Jackson. Justice Hill did his thing. But Gus Edwards, who's been on the injured shelf for a while, just played out Standing football Sunday. I was like, God, I'm scared for these teams. I'm scared for what the AFC could really be when Baltimore is at this type of peak. And then on top of that, it's the Ravens defense. That defense will never have a bad time. That defense is going to show up and show out every fucking time. I don't care who, what, when, where. They're going to show up and show out. And that defense is, one, is getting healthy and it's getting good. Fast than the motherfucker. So, I think that the Ravens are the number one team in the NFL. Uh, this upcoming weekend, they got the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. Arizona's starting to get to what we always thought they would be, the number one fucking seed in the draft. The only problem is you won a couple games early, which I thought they would, and now they're going to probably be, like, the third pick of the draft. <laughs> so, so, not that really shaky. Um... Coming in at number two for me, 
I've been saying I need to see more of this team, and I finally saw more of this team, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, winning Sunday night, beating the Miami Dolphins 31-17. to um, Philly's a good team, man. Uh, the 6-1. and one. Um, I think Philly is way, 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 way better than what people expect. Jalen Hurts has a lot of turnovers this season. That is true. I cannot sit here and act like he doesn't have too many turnovers because he does. But I also can sit here and say the truth, and that is if DeAndre Swift plays like I think he could play in his offense, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be a scary fucking team. I saw this team with Miles Sanders last year do great things. Imagine with DeAndre Swift. This team is going to be undoubtedly the best team. I kept saying they are one of the best teams in the NFC. I just didn't know how good. And now I'm starting to realize they might be the best team in the NFC, man. This is a team that has all the pieces. And then you just traded and got one of the best safeties in the NFL, Kevin Byers. And now he comes to help out that secondary, a secondary that didn't fucking need any help at all, to be honest with you. You get somebody now like him. Darius Slay is still there. You still got James Burberry. You got the weapons on that secondary. And then you still got Jalen Carter, who is a grown-ass man and a half. Um, yeah, I think that the the I think that the Eagles are starting to play into another level and another temperament. Um, but I have the Eagles um as the second best team in the NFL to me personally. And this upcoming weekend, they play the Washington Commanders, who are literally looking for all answers on all fronts. Um, they are literally trying to find any and everybody that they can just find. Um, but, yeah. Uh, my third team in my big four, suffering a devastating loss. But to me, man, they're still a better team. And that is the Detroit Lions. I think Detroit came out in that game and probably was – I think they just didn't know what they were going to do. I think I, I, I'm not about to sit here and say Detroit is a bad team now. Like, it was, oh, see, this is what we've been waiting for. Detroit's going to now lose every – pump the brakes. It was one game. They played in the cold. The wind was whipping. It took them a while to kind of understand what the hell that off – like, they play in a dome. They went out to Baltimore where the wind was just inseparable. Baltimore was used to playing in a, in that type of condition. Came out there and did what they were supposed to fucking do. But Detroit just didn't show up. Period. They couldn't they couldn't get back into the game. I don't blame Detroit for losing that game. It was a it was just a bad game. They just didn't show the fuck up. It is what it is. It happens. But for me to sit here and say now like that see, they're not that good. That's a fucking lie. I think Detroit is going to play Monday night against the Raiders and absolutely fucking kill the Raiders. Like, I don't think the I don't think the Raiders have a chance in fucking hell against the Detroit Lions. They got embarrassed. They got people telling them that they're not that good anymore. They ain't that shit. They cannot be that team. And now they're going against a Raiders team that literally has no idea who the fuck their quarterback is. And Aiden Hutchinson got embarrassed last week. But one thing about the Raiders that is not the Ravens, the Raiders are not the Ravens. You know how I know that? Because they don't have Lamar fucking Jackson as a quarterback. They're going to dominate 
the Raiders game. They're going to absolutely – and this is the first Detroit Lions Monday night game in what, five, five years? Since 2018, 2019? They haven't been on a primetime game like this? Oh, they're going to go nuts. They're going to go fucking crazy. Oh, my God. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad for the Raiders. Oh, it's going to be bad. I think they play – I think it's Halloween night. I think it's Halloween night. Oh, my God. Boy, 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 boy. Yeah, it's going to – No, no, no. It's, it's – um... yeah, the day after Halloween, something like that. Man, Ooh, shit. Uh, it's going to be bad. Yeah, it's gonna be bad. The night, the, the yeah, like a, like the day before Halloween, it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be bad for the Raiders. They are gonna wish that it was Halloween because the way they about to get their ass beat, you are gonna think it was Jason, Jason, Freddie, and and Chucky all on the field because they gonna leave bloodshed on that fucking field. Boy, it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be bad. Oh, it's gonna be bad for the Raiders. And coming in at number four, making their first appearance on this list. Is the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I know people are probably thinking, why the fuck Kansas City hasn't been on the list all this time? They're six and one. They beat the uh, Los Angeles Chargers uh last week. Um 17, 31-17. Um they play the Broncos this upcoming week. Why hasn't Kansas City been on my list? Well, it's very simple. Because I don't think Kansas City is a good team. I don't think they're a good team. I think they're fortunate enough. I think they're fortunate enough um, to have played the schedule they played. The one time they played a good team, Detroit, they lost. The Jets had Zach Wilson. If this was Zach Wilson, if Zach Wilson, let's say two, three weeks later was to play Kansas City that night, I probably the Jets would have won that game. You play Chicago before whatever that is. You played Denver, who literally sucks. Like that team offensively is God awful. And the defense ain't no better. So the six games you've won, Minnesota, so the six games you have won, tell me the team you beat that I'm like solidified, like, yeah, they beat that team. That's a good team. Not one. And the one time you played a team that can actually have a defense, have an offense, can actually stop you, you lost. Kansas City's not great this fucking season. People want to lie and say, well, Kansas City's really good. No, the fuck. They're not. They're not great this season. Patrick Mahomes. Excuse me. And even Patrick Mahomes hasn't been great this fucking season. Once you play teams that can literally solidify that they need to just stop Travis Kelsey. The Chargers did a better job on Isaiah Pacheco than I thought they would do. But once you start playing teams that can stop the run game and stop Travis Kelsey, this offense has nothing, nothing to win games. 
The defense just lost Nick uh Nick Bolton, which isn't that surprising or that shocking. Because they played a couple games without him already. But if he really does, and now he's got like, I think, a dislocated wrist and he's out for like two months. I don't know what this defense is going to look like without him. That linebacker core. Without him for two months. You only had to play without him for like two or three games, not two or three months. So, yes, Kansas City's in my top four, but they're, they are barely there. I think for the games you have, you've been very fortunate to play the teams you played. You haven't really played anyone. I'm not trying to shit on them. I'm just being honest. You haven't really played any fucking one. But when you start playing Cincinnati and you start playing teams that can actually stop Travis Kelsey and make and stop the run and make Patrick Mahomes actually have to find someone that is not named 87, that's not named Kelsey, this team is going to fall. And that is why I feel like Kansas City is just not their team. So, yeah, you're in my top four, but barely. Coming in, my levels of one and of NFL week eight. Now, you know I do this three, yellow, orange, red. Yellow is caution. Uh, orange is panic time. And red is just DOA. So let's get into it. My yellow team this week, my caution team for week eight is the Miami Dolphins. Coming in at five and two. I know people are going to be up here like Miami. Now, Miami actually played their ass off against Philly Sunday. But the one thing about Miami that I've always felt is, like I said last couple weeks, as good as Miami's offense is, that defense is still struggling. And that offensive line is still not great. And now that you don't have really a running back like that, that can really open up the space. And now also Jalen Waddle, who is dealing with a back injury. I don't know how good Miami is. It's literally now just, it's like Kansas City's offense. It's very, you know, Tua, Tariq dependent. It's literally, that's the entire offense. And if you stop it, then you're probably good on it. You're probably a good. You're probably in a good situation. And I think Miami right now is in a very precarious situation. Now this upcoming week you play New England, but New England has the defense that can actually stop you. And I think that that's kind of why I feel like if they can. And now knowing that probably Jalen Waddle might not play because of a back situation, if that is the case, I think New England could probably get Miami. I'm not gonna lie. Um. My orange, my panic team is the Raiders. Uh, coming in at three and four. Um, like I said, you play Detroit this upcoming weekend uh, on Monday Night Football. The riot, the real, the reason why the Raiders in the in my panic time, orange is because you should have started the rookie against the Bears. I don't know why you did Brian Hoyer. That was so stupid. Devontae Adams might not be leaving anytime soon, but I don't also trust the fact that that the Raiders don't know what they are. Like, this is a – like, there are games where they win and then there are games where you're just like, yeah, they should have lost. This is stupid. You got beat by a rookie, an undrafted rookie from Shepherd College in West Virginia. And it's not like you got beat by him. 
he outplayed a fucking, what, 15-year fucking veteran? Like, Brian Hart has been in the league for, like, since, like, 2009. And this man got outplayed by a fucking undrafted rookie from Shepherd University, which is, like, uh, any IC school. You didn't even play, like, a FCS, a FCS, FBC school. You didn't even show up. Like, you got outplayed by that. A Chicago team, by the way, that for the last couple of weeks, yes, offensively has been great, but not that fucking great. Like, what are you doing? The Raiders are in a position right now where I'm just like, what the fuck is this? Josh McDaniels should get fired. Like, this is how it's starting to feel for me personally. It's like, for you to be an offensive mind, and your offense is the worst part of your team, you shouldn't have your fucking job. That's ridiculous. That's fucking crazy. I, you shouldn't have your job, man. And my DOA team, man, my, 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 the team in red, man, the DOA. It hurts my heart that I have to say this, but it's the Washington Commanders. They're three and four. Like I said, they play Philly this upcoming weekend in Philly. And oh my God. Excuse me. It's one thing to lose because this is the divisional game, and I get it. It's the Giants. Terod Taylor is a way better quarterback than Daniel Jones. But to muster up only seven fucking points. Now, granted, the Giants literally held the Buffalo Bills to 14, but Buffalo sucks. So, so for this team to lose 14 to 7 is beyond comprehension. Eric Bieniemy, man, you are one of the best best offensive minds in the NFL. Your offense should not be scoring seven fucking points against the fucking Giants. That should never fucking happen. But the fact that you didn't step up when it was time to, this is why people can sit here and say, see, this is why he's not a head coach in the NFL. Even though it's not your fucking problem, that ain't your fucking problem. But the fact that you scored seven points against the Giants is unreal. It's it's unreal, man. You can't lose to the fucking Giants, man. You just can't. I'm sorry. Can't. Can't lose to the Giants. Brian Robinson should have been a number one running back, but you're still using Antonio Gibson as that. Okay, do it. But when you have weapons like Scary Terry, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, Logan Thomas, and your offense scores seven points, that that's beyond mind-boggling. And I've been saying this since last year. Ron Rivera needs to get fucking fired. Like, this is ridiculous. Your defense which you are supposed to be a defensive mind. I don't give a fuck Jack Del Rio is calling your defense. Your ass is supposed to be a defensive minded head coach. You should know how to get your defense motivated. The fact of the matter is this defense is struggling and is continuously struggling because your ass 
don't know how to coach no fucking more. That is a problem for me. Listen, man, you survived cancer. 100% that is the most honorable thing ever, man. But I think you should have gave up coaching at that time. Because now I think you see the game of football as something to cherish. And I don't know if you're going as hard as you used to go as hard maybe when you was coaching Carolina. I don't know if you're doing that because you have a new lease on life and you look at it differently. And I respect that because I know that feeling. But for you to be the head coach of this team and y'all can't win games like this when you have a guy like Chase Young and Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne and Montez Sweat, that's the front four, and you can't even win games? What? What? That, that's crazy to me. That, that's unacceptable. I don't get it. And maybe I never will. I don't know. <sighs> but Commanders are definitely... And also because I had a lot of faith in you guys this season. I thought you guys would get to the NFC playoffs. I thought you guys would be the second team out the NFC East. You still have a chance, but it just feels like the time is running out. And you got to figure it out very soon. <sighs> yeah. So, hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, I'm about to go watch basketball and baseball tonight. Um, until next week. If you guys enjoy this, I'm Brandon Janu. This is I Bleed Sports. Good night. See you next week. Peace.